Thank you so much. That was amazing. Wasn't that a blessing? Wow. And every so often we have these times of worship where I feel like I could just go home. I don't even need a sermon, man. And that was one of those days. Today's one of those days. I want to welcome you guys all to Rock Fellowship. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here today. And if you're watching online, if you're in Alaska, Arizona, Southern California, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, and I did want to do a quick specific shout out to one person, new person I know who's watching our stream. It's Evelyn down in Southern California. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad that you're, you're with us. Um, we are starting a brand new series. We just finished a series, and we're starting a brand new one today called I'm Going Through Something. And it's pretty obvious who this sermon is for. It's for anyone who can say, I'm going through something. Or it's for someone who is going to go through something. And um, we, we hope that this is going to be a blessing to you. Now, um, as we begin this series, I do have to kind of put a disclaimer that even though this is kind of the focus and, and we're going to be dealing with things that people are going through, in the end, we will not fix your problem. This sermon series is not going to fix your problem. If you're struggling with depression and anxiety, this sermon series is not going to fix your problem. Like, we're not miracle workers here, right? I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a, some, I'm not a physician. I'm not a specialist. I'm a pastor. We're not going to fix your problem. We're not going to fix your circumstances. Everything's not going to be better because you came to church and listened to this sermon series. But what I want to do is what I want to put forward to you guys from the very, very beginning. Like, why are we even talking about this then? If I can't really help you and I can't really fix things, I can't change your circumstances, why are we talking about this? And here's what it really comes down to. When you're going through something... What is the church's role in that? And what have you experienced? Has the church helped you get through the something you're going through when you think about your life? For some of you, you may answer yes, and, and I'm so thankful that you had a hard time and you remember that the church rallied around you and, and, and showed you love and supported you and helped you through a difficult time. And there's maybe some of you, your answer is no, not really. Because one time this happened, no one called. People knew, but no one called. No one reached out. And there will be some of you who have actually stepped away from the church, maybe for a time, or maybe you've been away from church for a long time, and this is your first time back in a while, and if that's you, man, I'm so thankful that you're here. But the reason why you stepped away was because you were going through something, and the church was nowhere to be found. So as we begin this series, the first thing I need you to understand, the reason why we're doing this is we want to help you get through the something you're going through. And we want to commit to that. And I'm saying it up front, on camera, in person, live, to tell you that we want to help you get through the something that you're going through. Even if you're not in person in this room, and if, even if you're watching online, you can connect with us. We want to help you get through what you're going through. And so this sermon series, what it really is about, even though we may not fix the problems, we want to offer three things to you in this whole series. And it's going to be about a four or five part series. This is what we want to offer you. Three things. Permission, perspective, and presence. And break it down real quick. This is what we want to give you as a church, as the pastoral team, as a leadership. We want to give you, number one, permission to be honest about what you're going through. That in the church, in this church specifically, you can be messed up and you can be going through something and there's nothing wrong with you. 
and we want you to be able to have, to be honest about what you're going through with us. We want to give you perspective. In this sermon series, we want to offer maybe a different way to look at the situation, perspective that I'm hoping will encourage you and give you hope in the midst of the stuff that you're going through. Now, it may not, because sometimes the things are too hard. The waves and the storm is too great, and no perspective really, really helps, and I, I understand that. And if we can't give you perspective, at least the last thing we want to do is we want to give you our presence. We not, may not be able to fix it, but we can be with you and go through it with you. And that's something that's not just uh, on me and Pastor Jonathan, but it's on all of us as a community to offer our presence to one another to people who may be going through something. So that's what this series is really about. As we go through uh, different things that people are going through these days, we want to give you permission, perspective, and offer our presence to you as you go through it. Now, today's message is the first one, and is kind of an introduction. Today's message is going to be kind of different than the next ones that come. We're not going to be doing things the way we were doing in the next weeks. Pastor Jonathan is speaking on part two, and he's going to be talking about, I think, probably the most relevant of all the messages. This is the one that I think is going to hit home for a lot of people. And a lot of people are going to be struggling through what Pastor Jonathan is going to deal with. Now, I can't fix your problems, but you know who can? Pastor Jonathan can fix your problems. So next week, you better come, because he's going to fix everything next week. It's going to be all good. It's going to change your life. <laughs> but um, we're going to be dealing with something that a lot of people have been going through, and so I want to invite you to, to come for that. Today, as we begin, all I simply want to do is get across one single point. One single point that I want us to remember as we go through this series. And as you deal with the stuff that you're going through, the something you're dealing with, I want this one point to kind of be the overarching perspective that you have. And so this is kind of like the groundwork, setting up the mindset for the rest of the series. Now, we'd love to have you join us next week and the week after that, uh, in person or online. Uh, you can find our, our, our sermons on YouTube if you, listen on, if you listen to podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find the Rock Fellowship podcast and listen to this message series and all the other messages series that we preach. So uh, I'm pumped for this. This is going to be real. This is going to be good. I'm excited for what God is going to do. Let's pray together and let's get into it. God in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for putting this series on our hearts. Through conversations and through prayer, Father, you put it on our hearts that we got to deal with the stuff that's real and that people are going through things. And it's all different kinds of stuff, Lord. But as we begin this journey together, I hope it'll help, Lord. Ultimately, God, it's you, so we put it in your hands, and we pray, God, that you would use me and use this time, Father, too, to bring permission, perspective, presence, whatever is needed for someone who may be going through something. In your name we pray, amen. So before we begin, I need to show you a picture, and it's a follow-up picture from a while back. Um, and, you know, in, in most of my, my sermons and in my ministry, there's only been a few sermons where I got a lot of flack for what I said. The first one... I don't know if you guys remember this, but I had a series, I think it was last year or maybe two years ago, called Mind, Mindcraft. And I like said some wrong thing about Minecraft, and all these kids ganged up on me and told me how wrong I was. That was like the first one. The second one was what I'm talking about. And when you see the picture, if you weren't here, you won't know what I'm talking about. I'll explain, but if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. The second sermon I got the most flack for was this. And this is the picture in kind of like response to that is this. 
Some of you are like, what are you laughing about? A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I preached a sermon, and I talked about how I bought an elliptical machine at the beginning of pandemic, and it had been over a year and a half, and it was still in the box. I'm here to tell you, it is not in the box anymore. It is in my room, assembled. It hasn't been used yet, but it's there, all right? Like, I'm making progress. So, I just wanted to, to throw out there. But I do have a reason uh, showing you this picture. So I did assemble it, and um, what you may not know about this elliptical machine is, first of all, it's like 250 pounds. Second of all, it comes in actually maybe like four pieces. There's like the levers, there's like the pedal part, and that's it. The rest of it is one gigantic piece of equipment, and I feel like all of the weight is there. It's that big wheel. And so I was like, okay... I really need to make this elliptical machine or everyone's going to keep making fun of me. So I was like, I'm going to do it. But I didn't want to burden other people. I didn't want to ask people to help. I was like, I'm going to do it myself. The first problem was I needed to get it from my garage to my bedroom upstairs. And my house, it's kind of like a staircase and then it stops and then a staircase this way. So you have a turn, which is really, really difficult. And I was like, I can do this. I started working out like a month ago, like I could do this, right? So I went and I grabbed it, and it is so heavy, guys. It is ridiculously heavy. But I decided that I think I could do it. So I would grab the machine, and it has like all these like moving parts that are moving around like this, like hitting me in the face and stuff. But I was like, I can do it. And I was lifting up basically one step at a time, one step at a time to get it all the way up. Now, I know what you're thinking. I see it in your faces. You are thinking... Chris, that is a terrible, terrible idea. I see it. Like, you guys are looking at me like, are you dumb? Why would you do that? And while I was in the middle of it, like, I was like six steps in, I was like, this is a horrible idea. Like, a lot of bad things can happen right now. Like, I could slip. I could drop it. It'll, like, destroy my stairs. It'll break my wall. I could die, and nobody's home, and no one could ever help me, right? Like, this was a horrible, horrible idea. It took me maybe over 30 minutes to get it up my stairs, I was drenched in sweat, but I did it, but I did it. And it was one of those moments, though, where I did it and I was not proud of myself. I was like, this is so stupid. You live in Happy Valley. There's like 5,000 people that could come and help you. Like Pastor Jonathan, he could have come and helped me because that's his job is to help me. But I don't know why. I just didn't want to, I just wanted to do it myself. And it was so, so dangerous and such a, such a terrible idea. It was totally one of those circumstances while I was on the stairs where I was like, I did not know what I'm getting myself into. This is a really bad idea. I thought it was going to be this way, but turns out the, the reality is far different from the expectation. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's laying down like orientation. He just decided on who his 12 disciples would be, and he calls them together, and he's, guys, let me tell you what this whole discipleship thing is going to look like. This is basic orientation, and, and I want to start our story here, and, and, and as we go through the conversation, it's totally one of those things where it's like, what am I really getting myself into? I didn't think this was really what I was getting myself into. And so Jesus is talking to them, and he's like, this is what you're going to do. This is your job description. This is your responsibility. And this is what he says. It starts in Matthew chapter 10. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So you can imagine, like, the disciples are like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like, I want to do that. I want to I proclaim the message. 
We're going we're gonna to raise the dead. We're going to heal the sick. Like, this is crazy. This, this is exactly what I signed up for. I'm super excited. And you can, you can see the disciples are kind of getting excited. You know, when kids get excited and they like look at each other and they're like, and they whisper to each other, like, oh, yes, yes, this is it. And Jesus continues to go on. And they're like, okay, we're going to do these amazing things. All right, Jesus, if we got to do these things, we need a budget, right? We need some money. Give us some money so we can do amazing things for you. We need a budget. So Jesus, what's the budget? He says to them, listen, do not get, you do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Jesus says, no budget. And they're like, okay, all right, that's okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. We're going to do crazy things. We don't need money. That's fine. And he continues to go on. Be on your guard. And they're probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, what? Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. And they're like, Jesus, it sounded like you said flogged. It sounded like you said flogged, Jesus. But like, you meant, you meant we're going to get blogged about, right? Like people are going to say stuff about us. And Jesus says, you'll be flogged in the synagogue. Flog? Like flog, flog. Like flog with whips on our back, like blood and, and, and pain, and that's what's going to happen. It's like, you will be flogged in the synagogue. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. I, I thought we were like going to gain followers, and I thought we were starting a movement, and we're going to be like in charge, and like everyone's going to love us, and we're going to heal them, and they're going to praise us and give us gifts. And I thought everyone's going to like really like us because we're with you. And Jesus says, you're going to get flogged in the synagogue. And then he says to them, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and the Gentiles. Hold on, Jesus. We're going to get flogged. And, and what you're saying here in this verse is that we're going to go on trial. We're going to be brought before kings and governors and we're going to be put on trial. And Jesus says, yes, when they arrest you, when they arrest you, hold on, Jesus. You never said anything about getting arrested. So you're telling me we're going to be flogged. We're going to be put on trial like, like criminals. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, are we going to become criminals? I, I didn't sign up for this. Like, this is not what I expected. And Jesus says, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but don't worry. When they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. But Jesus, when I'm arrested, what I'm going to say is like the last thing that I'm worried about, right? Because what I'm worried about is the fact that I have been arrested. Like, are you kidding me, Jesus? Are you serious? I'm going to be arrested. It's going to go on my permanent record. How am I going to get a job after that? Like, I'm going to be a convict I'm going to have this on my record. I don't know. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? He says, don't worry, right? Don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. Jesus, I don't want to be given what to say. I want a get out of jail free card in that moment. Like, that's what I want. What do you mean, give me the words to say? And he says, blah, blah, Before it will not be you, you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. In this moment, you can imagine disciples like, wait, hold on. Okay, so you're telling me that all this bad stuff is going to happen to me in my life. Because I'm following you, 
I'm going to be flogged, arrested, put on trial like a common criminal, and God knows about it? He's going he's gonna to help me through it? But if God knows about it, why didn't he stop it from even happening? That's a fair question, isn't it? Hey, God is going to be with you through it. No, 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 no. I don't want God to be with me through it. I want God to keep me from it. I want him to keep me from the something that I'm going through. And that's the question that, one of those questions that come in our minds when we are dealing with something, going through something. What do you mean, give me the words to say? Just get me out of prison or don't even let me go to prison. Don't let me get arrested to begin with, God. What are people going to think? And Jesus is like, don't worry. This is what people are going to think. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So at the end of all of this, no one's going to be like, good job. Everyone's going to hate me. Jesus, what is this whole situation? Like, I don't know about this anymore. This seems like a really bad idea. What, what becomes very clear, and we talked about this last week in last week's sermon. What becomes very clear is in the Christian faith, in the decision to follow Jesus, pain-free or problem-free was never a promise Jesus made. Let's be clear and understand that. If you are in this room and you grew up in the church thinking that if I follow Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to me, you will be disappointed because bad things will happen to you. In fact, Jesus guarantees it to those who follow Jesus. Now, I don't think, I don't think for most of us we're going to go through the same exact stuff the disciples went through, but Jesus never promised problem-free or pain-free. And in the end of this conversation, Jesus sums it up and he says, like, so, this is what, this is the good part, okay? I know this is all bad, but this is the good part. In all these things, this is what he says to them at the end of the chapter. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. All of this, Jesus wraps up with a bow and he just says, so you know what? Don't be afraid. And then he says it a little bit later, and he talks about sparrows, and he says to them in 1031, so don't be afraid. When all of these bad things happen, just don't be afraid. This is like very little comfort for the disciples in this moment. After everything Jesus lays out, he's like, just don't be afraid. He, he, Jesus is laying out what he's really offering to them. See, what he's saying is not, do not be afraid because I won't let bad things happen. It's do not be afraid when bad things happen. Because they're going to happen. Everyone's going to have a something that they go through. For some of you, it may be smaller. For some of you, it may be huge. It may be loss of a, lo loss of a loved one, loss of a job. It may be uh, depression, anxiety. It may be addiction. It may be really, really bad decisions, broken relationships, strained relationships in your marriage with your kids. Like, people go through stuff. People go through stuff. But Jesus' teaching is just don't be afraid. Now, I don't know if you're like me. When you read those words, it brings more questions than answers. Like, what does that even mean, Jesus? And why would that help? Like, I'm not afraid, I'm sad. 
I'm not afraid, I'm stressed. So, so, so Jesus, what does this even really, really mean? You know, and I think this message of, hey, don't be afraid, I think in the church it often gets twisted. We kind of talked about this last week, right? And, and I was talking to one of our church members, Grace, and she, she shared with me this phrase that I think was like a, a really great way to capture the issue. And I learned about this thing called toxic positivity, Toxic positivity. It's like where you have to silver line everything, where you have to look at the good in everything, which is a good thing to do, right? To be positive and to look at the good and be grateful. But to do it in a way where you inevitably ignore or repress what you're actually feeling. Like that's not good, right? It's one thing to be thankful and grateful and look on the bright side. It's a one thing to do that at the expense of how you're really doing in life. And to pretend like you have to ignore or, or, or push down or, or neglect your actual pain and suffering that you're going through. And you just have to put on a smile when you come to church and say, happy Sabbath. And you're like, in your heart, you're like, this is not happy. I'm not happy. But I have to pretend to be happy. That's toxic positivity. And this message of when Jesus says, do not be afraid, or, or these messages like what Paul writes in, the, in, in one of his writings when he says, rejoice in your suffering, those messages get twisted into this idea that you have to be okay all the time, every single day, no matter what. And so it led me to the question, what does it actually look like to not be afraid? during storms and when bad things are happening. What does it actually look like? God, give me a picture. Give me an image because all I can think of is people just denying, being in denial about their situation. So God, show me something else. How are we to be not afraid in the way that you've been talking about to your disciples? And God led me to another story. A uh, pretty common story if you grew up in the church. If you didn't grow up in the church, it's a pretty amazing story. It's in Mark chapter 4. And Jesus and his disciples are on a boat. And they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus falls asleep in the boat, having a nice nap. And then Mark chapter 4, verse 37, it says, A furious squall came up. A squall is a storm. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So, like, this is a bad storm. It's not a, it's not a light thing. It's a bad thing. The, the waves are crashing over the edges of the boat. It's starting to sink. It's a bad, 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 bad situation. And the disciples are, are, are freaking out, and they're trying to do everything they can. And then in verse 38, now here's a problem. We don't know how long, how much time went between 37 and 38. Like how long was it before the squall and the storm happened that, they, that this happened? It was as Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? We don't know actually how much time went by. And I would assume that it wasn't like just a few drops of rain and the disciples freaked out and they went to Jesus. I'm, I'm imagining it's a long time. And these guys are experienced fishermen. They're, they don't want to bother Jesus. He's sleeping. He's been tired. He's been doing a lot of good stuff. So they want to take care of the situation by themselves. And so you can imagine that they were, they were working really hard at saving the ship. But eventually it became too hard. This, this something that they're going through, this storm, was getting overwhelming. And, and it was becoming too difficult for them to bear. So they run to Jesus. And they wake him up. And that question... 
don't you care if we drown? Isn't that the question that we often ask when we're going through something? Jesus, don't you care? Like, don't you see me every single day waking up feeling like this? Don't you care that every single time I go to school, I'm terrified because of that bully? Jesus, don't you care that I'm about to lose my job, and, and, or don't you care that I've lost my job, and I've been going months without being able to find work? Don't you care if I drown? What kind of a God are you? Like, that's the question that's going on through his disciples' mind. Don't you care if we drown? I'm going through something, God. Why does it seem like you don't care? And so Jesus wakes up and says he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. By the way, great song selection today. It worked perfectly with the sermon, unplanned. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so, and that's our word, afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, when I look at this picture, when I look at this story, especially in combination with the other conversation Jesus had with his disciples, it gives us the picture of what it means to be not afraid when we're going through something. It gives us an understanding of what it actually looks like to be not afraid in a way that acknowledges the severity of the situation but brings comfort and encouragement knowing that we do not have to be afraid. You know, when the disciples were, were struggling in this moment, what were they worried about? What were they actually literally afraid of? They weren't afraid that their stuff was going to get messed up. They weren't afraid of their reputation as, as, as fishermen who couldn't make it. They were afraid of what? Of dying. They said, don't you care if we drown? They were afraid that this was, in the end, they were afraid that this was the end. They were afraid that this storm would be the end of their lives, that, that their book, their story would end on this page, that there was nothing else after this. This was the end. That's what they were afraid of. And then Jesus comes and says, do not be afraid. Don't, why are you so afraid? Don't you have Faith, where is your faith? And in other ways that Jesus says in the Bible, why is your faith so small? Your faith is so, so little. They were afraid that this was, this was the end. And what Jesus is telling them in this moment, the picture of faith in the midst of, of terrible circumstances, the picture of what it means to not be afraid is not bravado, it's not ignorance. It's not everything's fine. Like, this storm is great. This is fantastic. The water is so wet. I love it. Look at the lightning. It's terrifying, but it's beautiful. It's not this, hey, disciples, hey, guys, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just calm down. You know, have you ever wondered this? And I, I wondered this for a long time. Maybe you have too. Like, when Jesus says to them, why are you so afraid? Like, what were they supposed to do? 
what was the proper response of the disciples in this boat that's about to go down? Like, what, are they, what were they supposed to do? Pull out a guitar and start singing praise songs in this moment? Like, what are they supposed to do? Dance around and be like, you know, this is great, fantastic. What, what are they supposed to do? Get on their knees and, and pray the whole time? Like, what was the proper response? What should they have done then, Jesus? I mean, if you think about the scenario, I think what they should have done was exactly what they were doing. Taking their buckets, scooping up the water, pouring it out, right? Pouring out all the water, trying to save the ship, batten down the hatches. I don't know what that means, but like that's what pirates say when there's a storm, right? They had to batten down the hatches. They had to like do the stuff to survive. I don't think Jesus was saying, you shouldn't have done any of that. You shouldn't, I don't think Jesus is saying you should have just sat there and pretended like everything was okay and just trusted me. I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. I think what Jesus was telling them, you're afraid that this is the end. What I need you to understand, when you're going through something, disciples, when you're going through something, people, the reason why, what we, the reason why we don't need to be afraid, what we do not need to be afraid of, is this. And I think this is the statement, this is the one thing that I want you to understand as we go through this series. For you, if you're going through something, if you're going through challenges right now, this is the thing that I think Jesus, your Heavenly Father, wants you to understand. Your trial, your trouble, your pain, your suffering, it is not the end, and it is not your end. This is what I think Jesus wants us to understand. This is what I think he means when he says, don't be afraid. That thing that is happening, it is not the end. And it is not your end. You will have another page of your story. There is another chapter. I know it's hard, but, but Jesus, the flogging, yeah, I know it's hard, but it's not the end. There's going to be another day. There's going to be another week. There's another chapter that is still being written about you. It's not the end. And this will not be your end. This will not end you. But the flog, right? It's going to hurt. Yeah, I know it's going to hurt. But it's not the end. Is it possible, Jesus, that maybe it's one of those things where when the whip comes, it just like turns to feathers? One of those situations, can we get one of those? No, I'm sorry, guys. Trust me, it's going to hurt. But it's not the end, and it's not your end. But, but the trial, but, the, but, the, but the arre- getting arrested and stuff, yeah, I know, man, that's going to be really hard, but it's not the end. You don't have to be afraid because you can know, have confidence in me, I'm telling you, it's not the end, and it's not your end. But the storm and the lightning and the clouds, it's scary and loud and the water and the ship. Guys, it's not the end. And it's not your end. But the depression, the the fear, the anxiety, the broken relationships, the pain, the loss of my job, my addiction, my alcoholism, I know. I know it's really hard but it's not the end. There's another page coming. There's another chapter. 
there's a whole other volume that you don't even know about. It's not the end. And it's not your, your end. You know, as the disciples heard this and saw Jesus do this, they were terrified. And they said, who is this God? Who is this man that can do this? And they lived with him for years, for just a few more years. And here's the crazy thing. These disciples, these guys, they actually came to a point in their lives where it actually was their end. Right? They all came to a moment where it actually was the end. They were in a situation before the emperor, before the leaders saying, is this what you believe? Change what you said. Stop doing that or we will end you. They had those moments and they were brought to those moments where it actually literally was the end and it was their end. But in those moments, because they have lived that life with Jesus, knowing this, having confidence, not ignorance, but confidence in who their God was, in those moments when it actually was the end, they didn't even flinch. And many of them were killed and died for their faith and for their convictions, for what they believed and for their actions in serving God and, and, and preaching the message to people. They were only able to do that because of the confidence instilled within them on that boat and in that conversation with Jesus. This is not the end, and this is not your end. But you know what? I was, like, I was thinking about this, and I was writing this. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. But, but actually, even that moment, that wasn't the end, was it? Like for those disciples, as they were facing those people, it still wasn't the end because the real end, the real end is when? When Jesus comes back, then he says, this is the end. When I return, that's when it's really the end. And here's the thing. What we learn from the disciples is that death and what we understand as Christians and believers and followers of Jesus is that even death is not actually the end and that death actually cannot end you. It can't. Death cannot end you. And in that moment, when Jesus returns at the second coming, right, which is what our hope is in, that one day Jesus is going to come back and it's going to be amazing, and he will declare that now this is the end. And he's going to say to each and every single one of you, especially those you've been going through something, he says, I know what you've been going through. I know that it's been painful. Guess what? Now it's over. This is the end of that. That something, it's all done with now because I'm here. And I'm going to take you with me. And that's something that you've been going through for five years, 10 years, 20, 40, 50 years, it's gone. That's the end. You know, in some ways, I feel like this message of, of rejoicing in suffering and, and, and this message that I'm preaching today can, can seem contrary to what I talked about last week. Right, this idea of like lamenting and coming before God in your pain, right? But what we're talking about today is not necessarily the opposite of that, but it's a part of how you experience suffering and how you're able to suffer well. There are times where you must lament. 
There are times where you need to bring it all to God and question and doubt and wonder, absolutely. But there are also times when God wants you to remember the truth and have confidence in him that, yes, it's painful and, yes, it's hard and the flogging's still going to flog and the pain's still going to be there and it's going to be sad and it's going to be heartbreaking. But this is not the end. There's more coming. You got another chapter. You got another hundred pages. So don't give up. This isn't the end. And this thing that you're going through, it's not your end either. So if you're going through something, I'm so glad that you're here with us. Or I'm so glad that you're watching with us today. And as we, as we go through these different issues and struggles and challenges in the next couple weeks, I just want you to remember, whatever you're going through, it's not the end. This is not the end of you. This is not the end of your story. And this cannot, will not end you. Jesus will come and put an end to all of it. And I know it's going to be painful in the moment. I know it's going to be hard and it's going to sting and it's going to be challenging and you're going to struggle. But we want to give you permission to be that way here. And we want to give you a perspective that maybe hopefully encourages you, like knowing that it's not the end. And finally, we just want to give you our presence, and we want to walk with you through it. So thanks for joining us for our first message of this series, and I hope you'll join us over the next couple weeks as we try to help you get through the something that you're going through. Let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for, for being with us today. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to be positive and rejoice and, and, and whatnot. And, and I know that some people, it's extra hard for. And when it gets really, really painful, when it gets really, really hard, it, it's, it seems like the last thing that we can do. And Father, thank you, Lord, that you've blessed us with a community where we can be ourselves. That even I, as a pastor, I feel like I can be myself. And I can bring my problems and my struggles and my weaknesses and my deficiencies to people in our community. Even up front, I can talk about it. And I know that people are supportive and encouraging. Like, I, I believe that. God, thank you so much for that. And so, Father, in the next couple of weeks, I just pray that you would bless our time, Father. That you, your Holy Spirit would be present in this place, God. That as we, as we deal with the things that we're going through, Father that we would lament and we would question and wonder and that we would also be given hope and faith and confidence and trust and let us walk together through this experience, Lord, if there's anyone in this place going through something. Thank you, Lord, that we can have hope. Thank you that we can look at the storms in our lives and say, this will not end me. I got more coming. I got another page. I got another chapter. Thank you, Father, for that hope. And Father, maybe we need to cling on. Maybe someone here needs to cling on to that hope today, that the things we're going through is not the end. It will not end us. So God, please be with us. Be with the people in this room. Give us strength and encouragement as we leave this place. In your name we pray. Amen.